Hey family, my name is Eric Phillips. Welcome to another episode of the PS Plus. This is a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. Now, if you're not familiar with The Postscript, take a listen. Pastor and host Brandon Briscoe speaks with other pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a wide array of topics. Now, I should let you know that I have it on good authority that episodes number 33, 90, and 114 deserve a listen. Now, that's just my own unbiased and objective opinion. I'll let you be the judge. Okay, so actually on a more serious note, on this podcast, PS Plus, we're going to actually take a look at a wide array of topics and dive a bit deeper. So if you've been following along with us this year, then you've already been hearing from a few different hosts, Van Sneed, Nick Hatton, Miles Cheadle, and now I'm taking the baton. So a little bit about me. Again, my name is Eric Phillips, and I'm a professor in the Living Faith Bible Institute and the worship director at Midtown Baptist Temple in Kansas City, Missouri. Now, for the next few episodes, we're going to do a deep dive into the topic of dealing with sin and the goal of equipping you to practically live out the victory that you have in Christ. This week, I want to begin our time by looking at an Old Testament example that provides us with a great illustration and framework for how we can deal with the struggles of our flesh. We're going to look at the Amalekites in the Old Testament. Just to tell you up front, they're quite clearly a picture of the flesh. And so let's look at some examples of that just to kind of get a better understanding. Firstly, uh, I want you to know that the Amalekites, they are the eternal enemies of God. Turn over to Exodus 17, 16. Exodus 17, 16 says, For he said, Because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Okay, now you know you got a problem anytime God swears he's going to have war with you from generation to generation. But this is what he says about Amalek. Then go over to Numbers 24.20. This is Balaam's prophecy regarding Amalek. Numbers 24.20 says, And when he looked on Amalek, he took up his parable and said, Amalek was the first of the nations, but his latter end shall be that he perish forever. Now, just like Amalek was an eternal enemy of God, so too your flesh will always be an enemy of God. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17. Galatians 5 17 says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Now compare that to Romans chapter 8, verses 6 through 8. Romans 8, verse 6 through 8 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7, Because a carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Verse 8, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So what I want you to learn from this is that it's impossible to please God in your flesh. Your flesh is always an enemy of God, just like Amalek. Now, back over in Galatians chapter 4, you get the story about the flesh fighting against the spirit. Let's look at that real quick. Galatians chapter 4, verse 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Now drop down to verse 28. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. 
Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So the bondwoman, born after the flesh, is completely rejected of God. Your flesh is an enemy of God and will always be rejected by God. Now, what I want you to notice next is how and when the Amalekites attacked Israel. Much like our flesh, Amalek attacks when we're tired and weak. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 17 through 18. Remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way when you were come forth out of Egypt, how he met thee by the way and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee when thou wast faint and weary, and he feared not God. So not only does Amalek and your flesh attack when you're tired and weak, Amalek and your flesh does not fear God. Did you notice what happened at the last part of Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 18? Did you see what it said? It says, when thou wast faint and weary, and he feared not God. So let's summarize. Amalek is an eternal enemy of God. Your flesh will always be an enemy of God. God rejects all things of your flesh. Amalek attacks when you're tired and weak, just like your flesh attacks when you're tired and weak. Now, I'm outlining all of this so that you can see the picture. you got to see that Amalek is a picture of your flesh in order to take hold of the solution. The way Amalek is dealt with in Scripture is truly the only way you can successfully deal with your flesh. So here's the key. Are you ready? The only people that ever got any traction in destroying the Amalekites were people that were types of Christ. Now, let's look at one of those examples over in Exodus chapter 17, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said unto him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Verse 11. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Okay, so what's the picture here? The picture here is one of prayer. So you and I are Moses in this picture. Moses is holding up his hands, and that picture is prayer. Now, did you see what happened in Exodus 17, 11? Notice that when Moses' hands were up, Israel prevailed. If his hands were down, Amalek prevailed. So the lesson is clear. You must be willing to persevere in prayer in order to defeat your flesh. Now, let's look at one more example, because I feel like this is really going to kind of give it to you from a, a different perspective and, and hopefully emphasize the critical nature of prayer. Go over to Esther. Now, in the story of Esther, there are lots of pictures and types that you could explore, but there's one that is often missed. Esther becomes queen. We learn in the story that she's a Jew. And then another guy comes to power named Haman. He becomes number two in the kingdom. And so let's, let's pick it up in Esther chapter three and verse one. After these things, did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamaditha, the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. So now in this story, we learn that Haman hates the Jews 
and wants to destroy them. So he hatches a plot to have all the Jews in the land killed. Now, this is the part that is sometime missed. Haman is the son of Hamaditha, the Agagite. So why is that important? Well, Agagite. See, that makes him a descendant of King Agag. Now, who was that? We'll turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 8. It says, And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. So did you catch that? Haman's dad was an Agagite, a descendant of King Agag, who was king of the Amalekites. So here you have in the book of Esther, you have another picture of the flesh. Haman in this story pictures your flesh. Esther pictures you and me. She is in a battle with Haman for her life. And what I love about this story and this picture is that it illustrates quite beautifully this truth that just like Esther was not strong enough to defeat Haman, so you are not strong enough to defeat your flesh. Take some time and read the story in Esther. She could not defeat Haman. I'll say that again. Just like Esther was not strong enough to defeat Haman, so you are not strong enough to defeat your flesh. Now, uh, Pastor Brian Clark pointed this out in one of his sermons on Esther. The truth stated plainly is that there was only one person in the entire kingdom strong enough to defeat Haman, and that was who? The king. And the same is true for you and me. There's only one person strong enough to defeat your flesh, and it's not you. It's Christ in you, the power of the Spirit. So, so what does Esther do that you and I have to do? Well, she has to petition the king to deal with Haman. And you can read the story for yourself to see how it plays out, but you see her petitioning the king, and ultimately it's the king's command that defeats Haman, that gets Haman killed and executed. And so overall, what I want you to see is that you now have two great stories, the one in Exodus 17 and the other in Esther, that both illustrate this critical truth. You can only defeat your flesh through prayer. So you might be asking, Eric, how long should I pray? Well, the answer is pray every day for as long as necessary. Pray as often as necessary. So a right response to your struggles with your flesh should result in a deeper prayer life between you and the Lord. And I'm not talking about help me, Lord, from, you know, keep me from this sin. Amen. I'm talking about deep, earnest prayer where you continually pour out your heart before God. And in fact, this topic of how to pray about your struggles is fairly exhaustive and we're gonna take up the subject of how to pray in future episodes. The key takeaway from this lesson is that you can't defeat your flesh in your power alone. Only through the power of Christ can you defeat your flesh and you access that power through prayer. So you have to position yourself so that Christ can do for you what you can't do for yourself. This power is accessed through earnest, desperate prayer for Christ to save you from an enemy that you can't defeat in your own power. That's where we're going to leave it for this episode. Please tune back in to future episodes as I will be dealing with topics such as how to pray for to defeat your flesh, how long you might have to struggle to get victory, hindrances to victory over your flesh, uh, and additional topics. And so I'll see you next time. Take care. Take care.